Podcast Answer Man, episode number 412. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is The Podcast, devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world we live in, or if you have been creating content for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. And my friends, I am so delighted to be back in the studio after several weeks away. And I'm actually a little bit surprised that I remembered word for word my entire script on the very first go just now uh, without looking at it because I haven't said those words in a couple weeks. In fact, our family just returned from a two-week vacation in Europe. Uh, incredible two-week experience. My wife and I will record a podcast episode of our show called Family from the Heart. In episode number 327 of Family from the Heart, that's at familyfromtheheart.com, Stephanie and I will give a very detailed review of, of our experience those two weeks in Europe, and uh, that show has not been recorded yet. I'm recording this on Monday, July 20th. My assumption is that Stephanie and I will record our that episode number 327 sometime this week. So look for episode 327 of Family from the Heart if you want to hear more details. Monday release schedule, that's the next topic I have listed here. I have had a couple of people say that they really enjoyed uh, the the move to Monday as far as my release of new podcast episodes. Now, here's the deal, though. Um, it's Monday, July 20th, and it's 5.04 p.m., and I'm just now recording this. And so I am sticking to my schedule. The fact that I have it on, on my schedule for Monday, you get a new episode. Uh, if I've pre-recorded it before Monday then my hope is to have that scheduled to release to you guys you know, early Monday morning, Eastern time. However, if I have not pre-recorded the episode at some point before Monday, that means that in my mind I have until I go to bed at night on Monday to get this thing recorded and published out to you guys. And so here I am today uh, recording uh, later in the day. I've been playing around getting the show notes put together, probably spent about an hour putting together the, the the outline for today, and I probably spent another hour playing around with a new jingle player, uh, a little application that allows me to just click a button and go, podcast, it's a man, and that was much louder than I had anticipated it being, in fact, I thought that I had changed the setting on that but uh apparently uh, it went back anyway i'm not even going to tell you what the jingle player is at this point because i'm not sure that i'm going to recommend it yet it is expensive i spent 20 dollars on this application uh at the recommendation of my great friend father roderick so i i he he showed it to me uh there in his studio in amherst for it he's been super excited been talking about this application a lot himself it is. It, it has got a lot of functionality to it. I can tell you, uh, the interface is not intuitive at all. Not even slightly intuitive. Uh, and it took me about an hour to figure out how to do what I've found to do so far. And I'm still not quite certain on how to get it to do everything I want it to do. So I'll play with it uh, over the next week or two and. And see how I like it and, and if I can get used to it. And if it becomes something that I think is worth recommending to you, that's when I will come forward and tell you the name of this $20 application for jingles on my iPad. If that's interesting to you, stand by. It, it, it will come soon. And even if it's something that I won't recommend, uh, which I, I imagine once I get it figured out and, and it's not so new and, and I've got over the massive learning curve, I... Uh, I imagine that I'm going to like it and I'll recommend it. But even if I don't, I promise you this, that within the next several weeks, 
Uh, well, I'll tell you what, within the next month, I will definitely tell you one way or another how I feel about this app. And I'm going to try to not get frustrated by the learning curve and uh, go back to the other app, which is Soundbite on the desktop. So stand by. Within the next couple weeks, I'll have more. All right, so our first question here is this. What is needed to hook up two sets of headphones to our mixer? If I plan to do an interview with an in-studio guest, do you recommend that I provide them with headphones as well? Okay, so if okay, so this person is in the studio. They have a mixer. They have a microphone, another microphone for their guest, I'm assuming, as well. And I have, you know, typically they will have a pair of headphones that are plugged into their own mixer so that they can monitor the sound when they're recording their their quote-unquote solo show. But now they're getting ready to have a guest in studio. And the question is, number one, do I, do I, Cliff, recommend that they, their guest, have a pair of headphones as well? And the answer to that question is absolutely yes. It's not it's not essential or wait let's see here it's not it, it it's not mandatory it's not required let's put it that way it's not required but it is definitely highly recommended okay so it's not required because you on your end can be listening as they're talking and you are if if only you have headphones something that you definitely want to listen for is definitely for yourself you know, do you find yourself turning away from your microphone, kind of like what I just did? So here I am. I, I basically I'm, I'm now looking directly at my microphone, and then if I turn away and look to where the chair where my guest would sit, I'm currently looking at that chair away from the microphone. And as a result of going back and forth like this, you can tell a drastic difference in the sound of my voice. I mean, you can still hear me when I look away, but it's definitely different and it is distracting in my mind and definitely reduces the quality of your sound. And so basically when, I, when I'm a solo and, and, I'm, and I'm doing a show, if I find myself needing to look away in that same direction, I want to bring the microphone with me or I, if I want to leave the microphone where it's at, I want to actually stay in front of the microphone and turn my head and, and keeping my mouth in front of the microphone so that it's picking up my audio. So I, 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 being able to listen in my own headphones helps me to tell the difference between this and this. All right, so that's what I'm able to tell just with my own headphones. Now, if I give my guests their own set of headphones, they can hear the same thing. They may not know to listen for it, but I would actually coach them on on this before we hit record. I would say, okay, now it's very important uh, that you have your headphones on, and the head, what the headphones are going to allow you to do is to hear your own voice so that you can tell whether or not you're you're having a good strong sound and whether or not your sounds are levels are consistent all the way through the episode and what i mean is that one of the things i'm going to ask you to do is always look into the microphone even if you're looking at me it's all it's important that your mouth is in front of the microphone at all times and i would actually have them put their headphones on and i would actually have them i say okay i want you to i want you to just speak to me for a moment and i want you to speak while looking in your in the microphone and i want you to hear what happens when you actually do this and turn away from the microphone and i would actually hear them and i said do you do you hear how your voice trailed off and they would say yes i said you want to avoid that and that's why i've given you your own pair of headphones as well now if you forget um, and we're recording the episode, and I notice that you've looked away, you may see me just point at my microphone, and that's my indicator to you to, to make sure that you actually are speaking directly into the microphone in case you forget. And if I have to do that several times throughout the our interview, it's perfectly fine. Uh, it, it's very normal not to be as, as attentive to that as I am as a result of how many times I've done interviews. So that, that's kind of how I would coach them. And so the answer to the question is yes, I do definitely recommend that you provide them with their own headphones as well and give them that kind of instruction. Now, what is needed to hook up more than one set of headphones to your mixer? Well, first of all, you can do this with a a very cheap uh, headphone splitter. In fact, there is one that is made by Hosa, is a company, H-O-S-A, and it's their model GPP359. I happen to have a, a, a actual affiliate link for this, although it's only $3 for this. To, the affiliate commission is quite low. 
But uh, if you just go to gspn.tv, GSPN, by the way, stands for Generally Speaking Production Network. That's the that's the overall umbrella of everything that I, I do in my network of shows. Anyway, gspn.tv is the address slash GPP359. And that's going to take you to this Hosa GPP359 uh, headphone splitter on bnhphoto.com or bnh.com, I believe. Anyway, this is just a little tiny device. It plugs right into your headphone jack, and then it gives you two one-quarter inch stereo headphone jacks to plug into. It's the cheapest way to do it. If you needed three, um, if you wanted to hook up a total of three pair of headphones to your uh, mixer, it, you could actually buy two of those, and you would plug one of them into the uh, the the headphones jack on the mixer, and then you would plug the other one into one of the two female jacks on the actual adapter itself, and then you would have a total of three things that you could plug into. Now, if you go this route using just a headphone splitter, it, it is basically going to give each of you, everybody that's plugged into these headphones, the same headphones volume. Now, I can tell you my ears, or Stephanie's ears, are much more sensitive than my own. And if we tried to just do a split of the headphone signal where, you know, we use one of these and I plug my headphones into one and hers into another, um, she's going to want me to turn the headphones volume way down. And for me, I'm going to be like, man, I could just barely hear myself. I might as well just not have headphones on. And so I want it much louder, but that's way too loud for her. I, I guess I'm deaf. Anyway, so um, Stephanie basically and I need something different than a headphone splitter. And, and that's where you would move into something that is, is it's meant to do the same thing, but it gives you the ability to control the volume for each pair of headphones that are plugged into the, to the splitter device. And they're actually called headphone amplifiers, all right? So a headphone amplifier. And by the way, the one that I personally use is a Behringer HA4700. I do have an affiliate link for this as well. It's gspn.tv forward slash HA, like Henry Alpha, 4700. So gspn.tv slash HA4700. Um, that's going to take you to this Behringer headphone amplifier that I use. And this device basically requires that you have a one... Uh, a, a, a what they call a patch cable where it has a one quarter inch uh, stereo plug on both ends. So it's a one quarter inch stereo plug uh, patch cable. And that's going to plug into your headphones jack and then it's going to plug into the input of this headphones amplifier. Then you're going to plug the power into uh, the power cord and then you're going to be able to plug in up to four pairs of headphones into that headphone amplifier and the very nice thing about that is that you will be able to independently control the volume for each pair of headphones that are in there so I can turn mine up nice and loud and I can turn Stephanie's down so it's much softer uh, and 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 she can hear it at her level I hear it at mine um, now that I think that device is gosh how much is the HA4700 let me just take a look real quick uh, $130. Now, I will tell you, there are cheaper options out there. In fact, many years ago, I used this uh, headphone amplifier made by a company called Rolls, R-O-L-L-S, and uh, it was, I think, $50, and it worked for several months, but eventually, it, it, I just don't think it was built that well, and after probably maybe seven or eight months, the some of the channels started to produce um, lots of static and then eventually shorted out. And I think eventually it got down to where I could only plug in two headphones at a time. And there were times when I actually had more than one guest in the studio. And so I ended up upgrading to the Behringer unit that I still have today. So yeah, there you go. That's, that's the answer. Number one, yes, I would recommend that you give your guests in studio headphones as well. And number two, uh, you want to either use a headphone splitter or a headphone amplifier. And I'll try to remember to put links to all of those things that I mentioned here in the show notes at podcastanswerman.com slash 412 for episode number 412. All right, next question is, do you think podcasts will always be free to listeners? Well, first of all, 
um, most podcasts are free, but it, but the idea of the content uh, delivered via our podcast, uh, you know, it is it is definitely not in the definition of a podcast to be free. Um, a lot of people just in their mind they think all podcasts are free, but that's just not true. Uh, I would say that probably ninety nine percent of podcasts out there, maybe even ninety eight percent of podcasts out there, are free. But there have always been paid podcasts, you know, premium podcasts out there that you would pay for. So first of all, what is a podcast? And by definition, a podcast is a media, it's media files, uh, usually audio or video uh, or digital media files uh, that are released in episodic form. So there's more than one episode of, of these digital audio or video files and not only is it um, episodic digital audio or video files, but they're delivered by and subscribable via an RSS feed. That That is what makes a podcast a podcast. However, you can actually make it to where that RSS feed that people can subscribe to and, and have these episodic media files delivered by uh, that RSS feed can be a premium thing that people pay for. And I had done this uh, years ago with my gspn.tv plus membership. I used to have free feeds of all my shows in iTunes. And basically what I would do is I would l- release at least one to two episodes per month in each of those free feeds. But if people wanted every episode that I was producing of all of my podcasts, I allowed them to get everything I was producing for $10 a month. It was plus membership, GSPN plus membership. And we had hundreds of people who had signed up for that and that was generating some significant income and and it worked. And and so my not all of the podcast content that I've ever created has been free. I've had several podcasts that people paid for access to have all of the content. So podcast so to, to answer this question, do you think podcasts will always be free to listeners? Um, not all podcasts have always been free, and and there are still some today. Now, I got rid of my paid podcast subscriptions. It became too much of a hassle to keep up with the premium feeds and and having them pa- password protected and managing all of that. Um, I, you know, even though it was making a, you know a significant amount of income, uh, it was it was more of a hassle to manage, especially every time iTunes updated something, it would break the password uh, ability of, of people logging in. It was asking them to enter their unique password that I had given them every time their software was checking their podcasts for any of the podcasts that they were subscribed to. Every time that they closed the app, it would have to you'd have to type the password in every time they opened the app again. <clears throat> it, just, it just got to be too crazy, and I, I got rid of that functionality. Now, the thing is, though, is there are, are, I think it's called Nanacast. I've never used this service before. Yeah, it's still there. Because uh, if you go to nanacast.com slash docs slash premium podcast, uh, they do still have documentation there. So it's as a uh, Nanacast premium podcast guide. So anyway, Nanacast is out there. I don't know how many people use Nanacast, but I would imagine that um, some developers out there found a way to to create a much simpler solution than the home-built solution that I was using years ago and where people would not actually have to type in their username and password uh, into their software, uh, but where they were giving a special individual feed that was coming off of um, a, a developed ser- platform or service where that feed was dynamically generated. And if people stopped paying, then that software would shut off that dynamically created RSS feed that did not require a username and password login. So I'm I'm sure the solutions are out there. I'm positive, I'm absolutely positive that there are still podcasts out there. There are probably hundreds and potentially thousands, but probably hundreds of premium podcasts out there that you actually have to pay for to be able to access them. So do I think podcasts will always be free to listeners? I What I will tell you is I believe there will always be a majority of podcasts that are available for free to podcast listeners. I, I think it will always be that a majority of all the podcasts out there, an overwhelming majority, almost all podcasts will probably almost always be free 
to listen to. And I do also think that there will always be premium podcasts out there that you'll have to pay for if you want to be able to access them. Um, so they always have been there, uh, and and I believe that that they always will be. And I and you know I still see a value in that. And uh, I, I personally, however, if I was going to you know try to you know generate income on a per episode basis like that. Uh, before I went in, before I would go into the premium podcast solution, I would try a listener-supported solution via something like Patreon or even your own custom, you know, method of of having people sign up. That's very effective, and when you don't have to give away, you know, such a high percentage of of that revenue, it's kind of nice. But then again, I kind of I, I've been using Patreon for pursuing a balanced life now. Uh, for quite some time, for several months now, and let me just take a look and see where that show is. I'm currently looking at 27 patrons, which is not a lot. There's, I think, right that podcast is right around either between 1,300 to 1,500 subscribers, and uh, 27 of those folks have signed up to uh, contribute to Pursuing a Balanced Life. And that episode, that podcast is bringing in $77 per episode. So it's not a significant amount. Um, I would imagine that if I were to say, you know what, I'm going to take uh, pod- Pursuing a Balanced Life to a premium uh, podcast only, and I'm going to charge, I'm going to charge $5 per month uh, for access to this podcast feed. Uh, I would, my guess is that if I were to do that, I probably out of let's just say if it's 1300 subscribers which I know that's the lowest number that actually listen to every episode um and if I were to do that I probably would get about 300 to 500 of those subscribers who would actually pay $5 a month but I've never forced that I and I've you know I I, I just say guys if if you'd like to you know you can support via Patreon so I don't know um you, I'm 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 not wishy-washy over how I feel about premium podcasts. Um, I, I think there are different ways and probably better ways that you could you could generate income from your from your efforts in podcasting. I'm definitely not opposed to premium podcasts. I'm definitely not a char opposed to charging uh, for your podcast. I d- will tell you that I have never personally found and used a solution that was was easy to manage and stuff like that. And again, I've never used the service named Nanacast. And I think there was another service before Nanacast, and it might be that that service rolled it was purchased or or was rolled into what is now Nanacast. But anyway, I I've never used it. But I, I, I think I see some value in it. I hope that I don't see a trend where more and more podcasts go to where you have to pay for it. And if you do something like that, my, my concern was that I was creating all of this content where as a, only a percentage of people would actually sign up to pay for the premium. Whereas if I were just to release every single episode out there for free, at least I'm reaching more people with my message. And the the percentage of people who would actually buy a product or service from me or contribute and value in some way, shape, or form, even if it's not financial, uh, the percentage would still be about the same as the people who would pay before. And ultimately, you know, if I have more subscribers but the percentage is the same, um, I'm actually getting a greater return by giving it away for free. I don't know if that made sense in your mind, but it does in my mind because I've I'd given a ton of thought to that, um, and and I, I found it to be to be true overall. Although financially, I have not pushed the the request for help financially uh, as much as I could have. And in fact, I'll just put a little plug in there right now. Do you enjoy Podcast Answer Man every single week? And if so, if you are not a podcasting A to Z student, you never will be one. You really don't need the digital products or services or any of the other products and services that I typically would sell that would allow you the opportunity to financially support the content that I'm creating here on a weekly basis. Um, if if that's the case, but you would still love to to kind of financially give back to the work that I've done here on Podcast Answer Man, uh, there have been a number of people who don't listen to Pursuing a Balanced Life 
who have gone to supportpabl.com, and that's just supportpabl.com, stands for Pursuing a Balanced Life. And if you go to supportpabl.com, it takes you to my Patreon page, and you can click the little button there and become a Patreon. If you do $1 per episode, that's going to be 4 or $5 per month, and um, and you can, of course, do more if you like. Uh, but I would love to have some of you out there consider becoming a a contributor to Pursuing a Balanced Life. It's the my number one favorite podcast that I've ever produced, um, well above the, the joy and passion that I get from even producing this show. Um, Pursuing a Balanced Life is my favorite podcast I've ever done, and I think I'm about, I just recorded episode number 615, or no, 616 that I recorded yesterday that I will also publish right after I uh, finish recording here today. So, yeah. There you go, supportpabl.com. But do I think that podcasts will always be free to listeners? The answer to that question is I believe there, that the majority of all podcasts will almost always be free. Um, and I still believe there will always be a place for premium podcasts as well. And who knows? I may I may in the future do more premium podcasts where where I charge a monthly fee just for the content of that particular show. Yeah, I'm, I'm again, not opposed to it. All right, moving on. Here's the next question. Assuming we already have GoToMeeting or GoToWebinar, is it ever a good idea to do an interview with GoToMeeting or GoToWebinar instead of Skype? This would be if the person being interviewed doesn't have or want a Skype account. Would the audio quality be as good? Okay, so, well, first of all, I have a GoToMeeting slash GoToWebinar account, and I will tell you that the audio quality on even the best of best days is not as good as a Skype connection. A Skype-to-Skype connection is always going to, almost always going to be superior to that of GoToMeeting and GoToWebinar. Um, their voice over IP technology is just not necessarily as robust and as clear as a Skype connection. And if you're getting a terrible Skype connection with somebody on Skype, it's almost always a bandwidth issue or some other kind of hardware issue that, that's causing that. And if it's a bad Skype connection, chances are it's also going to be a bad audio connection with the voice over IP on GoToMeeting slash GoToWebinar. So... The answer to the first part of the question, would the audio quality be as good? No, it wouldn't. Uh, Skype would definitely be preferable. Um, would what it, The question is here, you know, this would be if the person being interviewed doesn't want have or want a Skype account. Well, here's the deal. If, if the person doesn't have or want a Skype account, my question is why? And not why don't they have one, but why wouldn't they want one? I mean, it's absolutely free. And basically, my, my suggestion is if somebody tells you that they would love to be a guest on your show, but they're, and if they don't have a Skype account, but they aren't willing to set up and figure out a free Skype account, then you may have not yet completely sold the value of being a guest on your show and having the best audio quality possible. Um, it, you know, to present them in the best light possible to your audience. So now I totally get this. If this, you know, for example, I've done some podcast interviews with television celebrities before where just the fact that I actually have the opportunity to, to interview somebody who's a star on a television, sh- television show with millions of viewers, you know, if, if their publicity agent says, listen, you've got 20 minutes with them and he's going to call you on phone on a phone here's the cell number or what's your phone number and he'll call you. Now, in that case, you know what? Probably getting that person's, can I get him to do a Skype account and here's my Skype address? Okay, I get where that situation might be a little bit trickier. And even then, you're going to be dealing with a telephone anyway. And what I would do is I would actually have Skype and I would actually buy uh, the the ability for Skype to accept, the tel- you know, to give you a telephone number so you can give that to them and, and then you, they can call your Skype telephone number and it brings that telephone call into your Skype account. That's what I would do. Um, and, and then, you know, we would do it, we would roll with it that way. Yes, GoToMeeting and GoToWebinar have the ability for you to give that phone number to that meeting, but then they have to type in meeting code IDs and all that other jazz, and I would not put them through that. So in all these scenarios and everything like that, GoToMeeting and GoToWebinar, 
would it work? Yes. Would it have as good of audio quality as Skype? No. And therefore, I would not recommend GoToMeeting or GoToWebinar for uh, interviews with guests for your show. Now, here's the deal. Let me just say one other thing in, in defense of Skype. Number one, Skype is free. Absolutely cost you zero money for you or your guest. The other thing is, is Skype is platform agnostic. You can have a Windows computer or a Mac computer. It's free on either one of them. Most people have, um, you, you know, with a $9 or $10 microphone, the USB microphone they could plug in, it's going to give them excellent audio quality, you know, provided they have good enough uh, Skype bandwidth, which I think is a question that's coming up in a little bit. But anyway, um, all of that. Now, here's a little trick that many people, many podcasters have never even thought of, and that is instead of trying to get them to do Skype on their computer, which oftentimes I hear people do Skype interviews with people from their computer, and they're using the built-in microphone on their computer itself, and they're really far away from it, and it's echoey, and, and it's picking up every little sound, and oh, heaven forbid if they start typing on their computer when they're microphones right next to the keyboard. Oh, there's nothing worse than that. Well, okay, there are things worse than that, but it's one of the worst things that you can hear in an interview. So here's the deal. A majority of the people that you're going to interview probably have a smartphone. We're talking if they have an iPhone, if they have an iPad, if they have an iPod, if they have an Android phone, if they have a Windows phone, any of those devices, any of them, will be able to download a Skype application for free on those devices. And all of them have a built-in microphone that is very nice. And if they actually hold that device up, especially if it's one of the either iPhone, Android phone, or Windows phone, once they're connected to you via Skype, they could just hold it up to their ear just like a telephone call and it's actually going to sound so much better than a telephone call because it is voice over IP using the Skype technology and it is going to sound really good because the microphone on smartphones today's today are very good microphones and and I would recommend that you suggest that your your guest dial you via Skype using the application on their Windows Android or iPhone. There you go. That, that there you go. That that's what I would recommend. All right, moving on. Uh, the next question is, what internet speeds are required for a good Skype connection? Well, if you just go to gspn.tv slash Skype speeds, again, that's gspn.tv slash Skype speeds, all one word, that is gonna take you to a documentation page on Skype's website. And for audio calling, this is what they say. They said it, to get uh, to get a minimum quality, the, the minimum speeds required is 30, 30 kilobits per second down and 30 kilobits per second up. For, this is just for you to connect audio from you to one other person. 30 kilobits down, uh, 30 kilobits up. Now, they recommend, however, that you have at least... Uh, I would say at least 100 kilobits per second down and 100 kilobits per second up. Now, if you're going to do a video call, which by the way, turn off the video during these podcast interviews. It eats up your bandwidth and is gonna cause you more audio garbly gook sound in your podcast than you deserve, all right? So uh, to if you wanna just do a regular, decent-looking uh, Skype video call with audio, you're gonna need at least a minimum absolutely minimum of 400 kilobits per second uh, down speed and 400 kilobits up. If you want HD video, you're going to need probably uh, right around 1.5 megabits per second down, 1.5 megabits per second up. And that's where it's, it's, the thing is, is a lot of people still are using the, the slowest DSL connections out there and they're not quite getting even a one meg megabit per second up, they're maybe getting 800 kilobits per second up, which the video probably looks pretty much halfway decent and everything like that, but so much work is going into giving a priority in my mind to the video that it's really taken away from the, the actual quality of what could be provided to you in your audio call. So I recommend that when you're doing these Skype interviews, I don't care 
about seeing body language and, and that familiarity and, and stuff like that. I sh- shut off the video on both sides, make it an audio only call. And, and nine times out of 10, it's going to give you the best audio quality you can possibly imagine. Um, especially if you, if you're doing that whole trick with the, having them call in from their smartphone and they have at least that speed connection, it's going to sound great. Or if they have it on a computer and they have a really good high quality microphone on their end, I've had, I've got Skype calls where the, the guest or co-host or the interviewee actually sounds just like they're in studio with me. So I, w- I would recommend making sure that your Skype audio is at least 100 kilobits per second down and 100 kilobits per second up. And if you have at least that, you should be fine on both ends, yours and the other person's. All right, so that takes care of that question. I, I think we got time for one more question. Do you give any pre-advice to your interviewee before you start? You know what? I really don't. Um, probably because I don't have an interview format podcast like many many of you out there do. Um, I I've, I used to have one called the Community Voice, and and I didn't really give too much pre advice. But if I were to if I had if if I were to have an interview only format podcast where most of the people that I interview aren't typically used to doing podcasts, we you got to realize I've done hundreds maybe not quite a thousand yet but I've done many hundreds of podcast interviews over the years and and you know what I actually have done over a thousand co-hosted podcast episodes um but the one thing I can tell you is that with all of my interviews everybody most everybody I've talked to have either had podcasts of their own or they've been a guest on several podcasts before so it was nothing new to them so I didn't have to do this pre interview checklist or pre-advice that you're asking about. But here's what I can tell you. If I did have such a podcast and I was interviewing people you know, quite often on my show that had never done a podcast interview before, um, here is a quick checklist of things that I might recommend. Number one, uh, create a free Skype account if you don't already have one. <laughs> uh, try doing a, I would recommend that they do a sound check using the Skype test calls contact in the contact list of their Skype account. So when they first sign up for Skype, uh, their contact list will all automatically have the Skype test call contact in there. And basically the, it's the Skype account is echo one, two, three is the Skype ID. Anyway, what it allows you to do is dials this account it picks it up and plays back what sounds like a voicemail greeting and it says start speaking after the tone and so you start talking into your microphone and then and after a few seconds it will beep again and when it beeps again it then plays back the recording of what it just heard you say so you can hear the quality of the audio that's coming from you all right and so i would have them do it until they make sure that that sounds right and, and if that sounds good, they should be good to go when it comes time for our interview. The next thing I would recommend is that they connect, use a connected USB microphone to the computer rather than trying to use an internal microphone that's built into the computer. And any USB headset with a microphone off to the side will typically do. Uh, you can pick these up for as little as 10 to $15 is what I would tell them. Um, I would also tell them that with that little boom microphone off to the side, I highly recommend that they actually point that microphone down below the chin to avoid breathing noises from the nose and also popping pee and and plosive sounds from their mouth, from their lips, all right? And then also, um, and and of course, if that doesn't work out, then I would recommend that they uh, use their smartphone, either their iPhone, uh, Android phone or Windows phone to use the Skype application to make that, that call and using it like a telephone and even an iPad uh, would work and in fact an iPad is great and uh, they don't need to plug in the earbuds or anything like that they could just hold the iPad in their hands uh, in a comfortable position and it, it it's so much better than using a laptop with a built-in microphone it, it, it's incredible the sound so anyway even an iPad is better than a computer with built-in uh, microphone but a, a computer with a $10 USB headset with the headset mic pointed down below the chin is probably going to be uh, the the second best solution. And of course, the best solution would be if they had a whole you know 
great equipment set up on their side uh, and and plugged into their computer and coming into Skype that way. But anyway, any $10 to $15 USB mic on their computer would work just fine. And then I would also tell them to find a quiet, distraction-free location to make the call from. I'd recommend that they not have dogs in the background, uh, that they're they're not in a place where there's a lot of uh, ex, you know ambient noises. Um, I would also recommend that they avoid typing on a keyboard, clicking pens, shuffling papers, or any other miscellaneous noises during the call. Uh, make sure you let them know that that. You know, if you notice, I would actually, if if I was doing lots of interview, I'd even tell them ahead of time, say, just listen, if I hear these during the the interview, just know that I may pause our conversation and ask that we address that and then we'll back up and I'll restart the where we had left off so that it'll be edited out in post-production uh, because we want to present you in the best quality possible to make you you know, you, you stand out as a, as a top quality guest in our show. And, and so we want this to be, uh, put you in, to show you in the best light possible. Also, if we get, I would let them know that, hey, if we get disconnected on our call, don't worry. I will call you back and I'll remind you where we were. We'll just go back to where we had uh, kind of gotten caught off. We'll go back just a little bit in the conversation. And in post-production, it'll all be wiped out. It, it'll actually sound just as though we never got disconnected at all. And then um, I would also make sure to let them know to feel free to elaborate on questions rather than just giving short responses that, you know, um, I want to be respectful of their time, but at the same time, I want our conversation to be natural and free-flowing, and 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 if I feel like, you know, we're going in a different direction than what I anticipated, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll nudge the conversation into the right direction, but feel free to elaborate on questions rather than giving short response responses to the questions and 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 to tell them that I want it to be more of a conversation. Those are just some of the things that I might give uh, to them. You know what? I do have one more question. Let's just go ahead and put this one in here. Over the years, how have you been successful with with consistency? I listen to a few podcasts that do not follow their own schedule. Uh, well, <laughs> I've been you know even in this podcast there have been some times. Uh, even in the the recent few, you know, the the recent past of this podcast, where I've maybe not set the perfect example, I feel pretty qual- I feel pretty great about uh, this last trip to Europe, uh, where I pre-recorded three episodes while I was away. Uh, I feel like I've been, you know, I had made a commitment to to make podcasting as a priority here for for the rest of the year and beyond, and and I think that I've lived up to that, with the exception of uh, one week. Uh, where I missed uh, after making that proclamation, but but for the most part, you know, I, I realized that I have overall been extremely consistent over the years. Uh, for ten years now, I've I've produced uh, many podcast episodes per week. I mean, it's in, it's insane how many done I've done. I think I'm getting close now to three thousand three hundred podcast episodes that I've produced. So the question is, how do you become successful with being consistent? Um, and the, the first thing is I would recommend is put it on your schedule. You know, if it's on your calendar every week and it's something that you must do, then, then that, that I think helps. So for example, mine was previously on Thursdays. The problem I found with having it on, not just having it on my schedule, but also I had it on my schedule in a day that was not necessarily, I think the most beneficial to getting that thing done. By the time Thursday's rolling around, I'm trying to wrap things up nearing the end of the week, maybe preparing to take the weekend off to go do some things, to do some travel or whatever the case may be. And Thursday's starting to get up. And and I will tell you that if, if I'm going to talk about priority next, but there were many times where Thursday, just it just became clear, Thursday's not the best day of the week for this to be on my schedule. And so that's why I've moved it to Monday. And I do believe that Monday so far, I think it's going to be uh, a much better day for this to be done. Even though, again, I'm recording this at the end of my day, my business day on Monday, um, it, the fact that it is on Monday, it's starting the week off, and it's in my mind, it's starting the week off what right, it's starting the week off with what I'm going to talk about next as a priority being accomplished, and it actually sets the momentum for the rest of the week uh, that it's like I got this big thing, brand new, fresh, valuable content for my community out of the way, and now what else is to follow? 
And so number one, put it on your schedule, but put it on your schedule on a day. And, and it's okay if you switch that from time to time. Um, find, you know, play around with your schedule until you find the day that works best for you, but put it on your schedule. The number two piece of advice, though, is to make sure that the production of your show is a priority. You know, if this is a, and, and this is the problem with some of those podcasters that you're talking about. You know, there's many people's podcasts are not something that is tied to their financial income. It's not tied to this, you know, it, it is not a required essential part of the success of their business, um, such as my show here is. And so as a result of that, with without the, you know, without the, uh, the, the, Oh gosh, the accountability of producing content to generate income to support your family. Uh, if if that's not necessarily there as as a motivator, then it's very easy for your show not to be as high a priority as income generating priorities. And so, therefore, it's it's it you know you want to make sure that your show is in an, an appropriate place in your list of priorities and. Unfortunately, I think some hobbyist podcasters probably have their show as a higher priority than it should be over some other things. And I've certainly been guilty of that over times. Not necessarily for Podcast Answer Man. Podcast Answer Man, this show is responsible for a majority of my income. And so I think it's an appropriate thing for this podcast to be one of my top priorities. And 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 I've mentioned recently that if it's not listed as a priority, intentionally focused on as a priority, and if it's not on my schedule, then it may not get done even though it is very important, very urgent, and essential to what I do in my business. So make sure it's on your schedule, but also make sure it is in the proper place and a list of priorities. And if you, if you feel like it's important for you to be more successful with your consistency, then you'll need to bump it up higher on your priority list to make sure it gets done over those things that consistently cause you to push it off until a later time. The next thing I have here is make sure that your show is focused on creating content that you're passionate about. Another reason why many people, even though they may have their show listed as a priority, uh, they may have it on the schedule week after week, but still missing content creation consistently, um, it may be because you're just not podcasting about something that you're passionate about. It's your heart's not in it, and and it I you know that's a very difficult one. I've 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 never been able to create content that I'm not passionate about. I, it just doesn't happen for me. Um and and there have been many times where that the reason why I had a show had been very successful at consistently producing new ep- new episodes, but then found myself me- missing week after week. It's because that passion was gone. And and over time, I, I determined, it's like, you know what, time to shut this one down. Or it's time to go to the next one, uh, next, ne- next recommendation. And that is to make sure that your reason why is more than just financially motivated. Um, you know, is there some other thing that you're accomplishing, some other sense of value or purpose or fulfillment that you're getting from your show and creating it and what it's doing in the world beyond just generating income. Um, You know, do you have a good reason why? You know, make sure that you have a valid, clear, crystal reason why, number one, you want to create content, and number two, why you think it should be created consistently week after week or whatever your schedule is. And then finally, uh, it, it doesn't matter who you are and how no, uh, notable, uh, notable, no, noble, that's the one. It doesn't matter how noble your reason why is. The, re- the reality is, is life can get busy, think circumstances can come up, and, and over time, it's possible that you'll forget the reason why you create content. And all of a sudden, you may find yourself after 100, 200, even 300 episodes and find that you, you are actually consist, still con- creating content, but the, your focus on why you're creating the content maybe has shifted. Uh, maybe, and, and I've had this happen to me, there have been times where my, my focus, has sh- uh, my, my reason why for creating content has gone from um, creating content to really help people and to, to educate, encourage, inspire people. 
uh, you know, where, where that's been my primary goal and it's why I do everything that I do. But there have been times when it, it became about the money for me. And, and, and the, uh, as a result, uh, money started to come in even in, in greater quantities, but I found my passion slowly uh, drifting and, and oftentimes found myself burning out. And so the, the last reminder here, the last recommendation in, in how to re- be successful with your consistent release of new episodes is to constantly remind yourself, to constantly go back to the reason why you decided to create the show and choose the schedule that you did in the first place. And that, my friends, is going to wrap it up for those questions. That's this week's episode of Podcast Answer Man. Can I please just real quickly tell you that um, my next session of Podcasting A to Z, my 21st session of Podcasting A to Z is coming up on Monday, August 10th. That is uh, coming up just around the corner, a couple weeks away here. And I have five students already signed up. My goal is to actually sell this one out, have 30 students. And so that means I have 25 spots left to fill. If you are interested in podcasting A to Z, please head over to podcastingatoz.com and that's a place where you'll have the ability to ask me any question you want for four weeks, unlimited access to me to ask any question you want for four full weeks and that's even if you have a podcast. And if you don't have a podcast, this course is specifically designed for you because I'm going to give you tutorials, step-by-step guides on how to to do everything with your podcast. All the information is at Podcasting A to Z. And my most favorite thing about this course is the fact that I get to be your personal coach and and consultant during this four-week period of time. And my hope is that not only will you get the value of all the technical details of how to launch your podcast, or for those of you who have one already, how to take it to the next level, my goal is to help you take your mindset and what's possible with podcasting uh, to a whole new level and to, to that will ultimately take your life and the lives of those who listen to you to the next level. I, I know that I go a little crazy on the next level stuff, but I it, it is a part of, wholeheartedly a part of who I am, what I believe in my philosophy in life. And I believe that podcasting A to Z can be uh, a guide for you in a way that no other online course can. So head over to podcastingatoz.com. I'd love the opportunity to opportunity to work with you. And until next time, I encourage you guys to take everything you do to the next level. Podcast! Add some man.